definitely human. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did it get 30, 30, how did get 30, how did get 20, 20, 20, how did get 20, 20, how did get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Four strangers have been thrown together by circumstance in rural Cumbria, 1919. Night in this old English manor has revealed the brutal murder of a soldier, and a fitful sleep has brought further horrors into their world. A wild stack, appearing as if from nowhere in the upstairs bedroom, has been shot dead by the mysterious girl. But the calm of the next morning hides more mysteries, because things are never as they appear in The Infinite Bad. The Secret of Draglow Hall, Part 4 The carcass of the defeated stag is still steaming in the cool night air of the third floor bedroom. While our heroes recover their wits in the receding haze of adrenaline, hospital staff marvel at this strange phenomenon. Echoing down the cold hallway, they hear head nurse Ackland muttering to the others. Well, I told them they shouldn't have slept on the third floor. While Tom has slipped the gun back into his pocket and is just staring at the stag I with... Say, Tom, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what would you call that, Tom? <laughs> he has a dark look in his eyes and he looks up at you and he says, Well, this is... This is no time for arguments. Mm. <laughs> I lean over and I'm like, uh, Miss, Mrs. Cavendish, it's a stack. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> tell <It's>... him. <laughs> I understand you might be a bit disorientated and confused. It's a stag, dear. Tom, it appears to be a stag. <laughs> uh, he, he runs his, hair through, his hand through his sweaty hair and he looks down and he says... By Jove, it is. I've made my point. <laughs> uh, one of the nurses, Susan Boskin, in fact, from downstairs, has fetched up a bone saw, and now Tom is is working at the antlers of the stag with the bone saw to try to cut them off, uh, muttering something about not being able to fit the corpse through the door otherwise. Mm. It's a rather quick 
Yeah, and they've adjusted to that circumstance really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Not shocked at all. Yeah. Wonder yeah. what will be for dinner tomorrow night. Hmm? <laughs> Yes, I didn't think it was entirely necessary to kill the poor thing. I thought just a, a few good punches would have shown him who's boss. <laughs> I panicked. Yes, well... But I got the job done. You're only small, it's to be expected. So Tom has now finished with the antlers and a couple of the nurses, in fact, the Nurse Ackland and Nurse Maynard, are dragging the body out of the room. And as uh, Tom stands up to let the women do this work, uh, <laughs> he, he turns around and he says... Indeed, that reminds me. Uh, I heard a gunshot ring out. It was mine. Sorry about that. Well, I'm afraid uh, the nurses are not too comfortable with with, uh, more guns in in the house. Understandable. Perfectly understandable. Uh, I I trust you you refrain from... Well, I suppose in this instance it was necessary, but uh, Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps we could store it for you down there instead. <laughs> you are still completely naked, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even bothering to cover yeah, myself. Yeah, you can see his eyes straining to stay level with yours. <laughs> no, I, uh, Tom, is it? Yes. I don't think we'll be doing that, will we, Tom? I smile politely at Tom. Okay, make an intimidation check, and I'm going to give you advantage on that because you're fully naked. <laughs> <laughs> is that these two? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fifteen. Okay, uh, Tom winces a little bit and he steps back and backs down and he says, uh, very well, I, I will trust you to your discretion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like, I look at him, uh, touch my finger on my nose and say, Tom, discretion is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Tom doesn't seem to want to be here anymore. The corpse has been dragged downstairs to the kitchens. Uh, so he says, well... Uh, Perhaps you can use the, the, the second floor bedrooms that were laid out for you. And uh, I wish you a pleasant evening. How are we supposed to sleep now? Uh, I'll have one of the nurses bring up some warm milk for you, child. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. And some sherry? <laughs> and some brandy. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Anything for you, Dorothy? I mean, while we're taking orders. <laughs> I'd like some tea. Tom just nods uh, <laughs> mutely and goes back downstairs. After a few minutes, uh, one of the nurses, the one with the faraway look, actually, when you when you discovered the body of the of the soldier, uh, comes back up with a tray. On it, there is some tea with milk. There's some brandy, some sherry, and a nice cup of warm milk. Uh, she doesn't really engage you in any conversation. She just lays down the tray and leaves without asking you. So Are we sort of alone now, or sort of at least kind of away from others? Yes. I want to tell them about my dream that I had. Mm. Yep. So it's about one thirty in the morning now. Everyone's mm-hmm. quite tired, so everyone's just gone straight back to bed. Okay. You tell them about your dream. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, obviously that has no relevance to anything that has happened here. This is deeply significant. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No. Yes. No, I don't think yes. so. Yes. No. Yes. Do either of you weigh in on this situation? Do you have some kind of magic powers? Did you will the beast from the (laughs) woods? Don't encourage her, please. You weren't there, Sebastian. Why a fox, I wonder? We haven't seen any foxes today, have we? It's very strange. It's almost as if dreams don't make sense. Because they're all in the mind and have no relevance to anything Mm. in the real world. Let's see. (laughs) Surely we're not going to waste time with these... Bizarre claims. Dorothy, come on, you and I are sensible adults. 
I am still completely not yeah. dead. <laughs> It's <laughs> a glass of brandy. <laughs> yes, but dreams do often uh, serve as a way of processing the events of the day, and and, and perhaps she exactly, simply noticed I agree. something. Exactly, Portents, of what is to come. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I, I do think it's... world. <laughs> my third glass of brandy now. Oh, my uh, second glass of sherry. I'm, you know. Did they just? I am a little more discreet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so let's forget all of that stuff that uh, Cavendish just said but yes you can remember it tomorrow <laughs> it's clear, to bed it's that. clear something strange is going on and as outsiders clearly we have nothing to do with it but I wonder if you know perhaps the staff might be involved in some odd goings on or something like that how could they even get a stag up to the third floor could it be a practical joke? It was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not at the time. But are you all right, Joy? <laughs> just, could a giant beast be capable of the murder on the second floor? What kind of um, situation was the, uh, was the dead body in, Dorothy? Well, mm-hmm. the uh, legs were up against the body. There were no teeth in his mouth. Uh, he had some strange wounds around the, the outside of the corners of his mouth, and his tongue had been removed along with his teeth. It was um, it was pretty gruesome. Could it have been bitten out by a beast, like a fox? No, <laughs> I I wouldn't normally say that it's consistent with fox attack, but maybe. <laughs> but I wouldn't rule it out. Ah. <laughs> I suppose. Science has weighed in. I do think that given that everybody else has gone back to bed, this might be an ideal opportunity to do some sleuthing on the other floors. Yeah, there's no way I can sleep now. Yeah, not me neither. Is anyone else cold? (laughs) Cover yourself up, Sebastian. (laughs) Oh, God! Why didn't anyone tell me? (laughs) We thought you knew. I was caught up in the moment. (laughs) Oh, I'm so embarrassed. And I quickly go back and grab a dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So we're doing some sleuthing? Mm, I guess. Okay. Where do you want to do the sleuthing? Well, we fully investigated the third floor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can we just look around and see if there's any um, evidence of how the stag might have entered the room or gotten up to the third floor? Okay, make an investigation. 17? Uh, you notice that there's a, there's still a lot of dust and a lot of been a lot of it has been kicked up by the battle with the stag, um, but looking around, you do definitely think that the the door frame was probably too narrow for a stag to have come through. It's possible it could have come through if it kind of maneuvered it, its head very delicately through the door frame, but that's not normal stag behaviour. Um, Indeed not. So you're not really sure. You have a look around. You feel like there's not a trap door or a false wall that might have allowed a stag to come in if it was a practical joke or anything. Of course, the windows are big enough, but they're closed. And the idea of a stag flying in through the window is uh, immediately dismissed. You hear that? Immediately dismissed. (laughs) (laughs) More likely was summoned. (laughs) (laughs) Did I summon it? <laughs> Was it me? You feel like it must have been you. I do. <laughs> this is all happening in the same night. 
This is. It's now two o'clock in the morning and you're feeling really quite tired, all of you. So first a murder, then a stag. I think something strange is going on here. <laughs> well, I'm off to bed. Good night. <laughs> I go to bed. I'm going to bed as well to see if I can dream another animal into the room. <laughs> Are you we'll focusing on a specific yeah. animal? Yeah, right. I'm going to focus on something smaller, like a rabbit. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. I sort of want to see if any of the soldiers are awake mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and see if we can talk to them. Yeah, I'm down for that. Because the nurses okay. are asleep. I don't know when we're going to get another opportunity like this. Okay. So So make a stealth check, both of you. Oh, <clears throat> that's a one. Get another one. That's a one, yeah. <laughs> 18. <laughs> okay, uh, you are with your practiced... <clears throat> Uh, your your practiced cat-like grace, hopping from stair to stair, skipping all the creaky ones, which you've immediately deduced from spending not a long amount of time in this house, uh, staying in the carpeted areas, staying in the shadows. Um, unfortunately, Dorothy behind you um, <laughs> has chosen to take her doctor's bag with her, uh, but has dropped it on the stairs, okay. slipping on a loose uh, carpet railing. And uh, the whole bag starts tumbling down. The stethoscope falls out. Uh, one of your, your your vials of opium drops out. Uh, clatters across the the marble floors of the of the first floor. A uh, huge din kicked up. Um, so the nurse Ackland comes out, oh my God. and she is just ashen faced with rage, uh, looking at you. Doesn't see you. And just says, honestly, Dorothy, I would have expected better from a nurse. I'm just so shaken by the events tonight, nurse. <laughs> I just, I, I needed, I need to have a, a little walk just to calm the nerves. Okay, make a persuasion check. 17. Okay. Uh, you can see there's something almost soften in her eyes. Uh, she maybe sees something of herself as a younger nurse in you, uh, in your in your trembling lips and, and doe eyes. And so she puts her hand around your shoulder in a maternal kind of way and says, it's all right, dear. I understand. It's, it's terribly frightful. Not, not everyone has to face a, a brutish stag. And the same evening that a, that a foul murder takes place here, I'll take you to the kitchen and we'll have a, another cup of tea and then go right back up the stairs. Mm. Okay. She can what, sorry? She said murder as well. Oh. They've been denied that before. Oh. Uh, so she takes you into the kitchen and starts brewing up some tea while she uh, prattles on about her past younger days as a nurse. Uh, you are unseen, <clears throat> should you choose to remain so. Yes. Uh, where do you want to go? Um, I want to continue on to see if any of the soldiers are awake. Okay. So you make your way into the nursery, which has been converted into this makeshift ward. Uh, It strikes you slightly odd that all the soldiers are are forced to sleep here, given that there's enough room for at least a few of them, at least the officers, to be in their own bedrooms. Uh, But they are all here in uh, six bunk beds. Uh, They all seem to be asleep, though. Um, I'd like to make my way... I don't know, outside... Outside, yeah, I uh, want to kind of scope the grounds a little bit. Okay, hey, check out that lemon tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah. Okay, so make outside. a stealth check to make your way out of the main door. A seven. 
Okay, uh, so Nurse Ackland is just talking to you and uh, cleaning up the teapot after having made the tea when she hears a latch opening and suddenly the whistling sound of the storm air outside gets much louder and she perks her ears and looks over to the great hall and says, excuse me, dear. Uh, and she steps outside and sees you frozen with one hand on the main door, uh, your eyes flashing in the dark like a, like a deer in the headlights. Um, and she steps towards you and says, honestly, child, what? what? I just don't even understand children these days. I was making my way to the kitchen to find Dorothy. I'm so sorry. The kitchen? <laughs> She grabs you by the ear and starts dragging you back up the stairs. Ooh. Uh, do you you follow? Well, as long as I'm in the kitchen, I'm just going to look around the kitchen. I just feel bad for Nurse Ackland. I want to sleep. Okay, yeah, you make an investigation check. At four. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, you, you start looking around, but you honestly get distracted because there's some leftover consomme. You open one of the pots and just like, take a couple of spoonfuls of it, looking yeah. around furtively. That does sound like my character, yeah. yeah. So uh, Nurse Ackland comes back down for you after firmly shoving you into your bed and tucking you in much too tightly um, <laughs> and bids you uh, a more polite good night mm-hmm. uh, and then goes back to blissful slumber. Could I ask Nurse Ackland before she goes, mm-hmm. what is the actual, what is wrong with the people here? Because I would have expected it to be a lot of Spanish flu, mm-hmm. given the raging pandemic that we're currently experiencing in Europe, mm-hmm. but there do not seem to be any flu patients here right now. None of them seem actually mm-hmm. that sick. Why are the patients here? Uh, she looks at you um, maybe for a moment too long. She says, yeah, it's maybe a touch of the flu. Lots of shell shock here, dear. And then walks away. You all finally drift into sleep, uh, and the rest of the night is uneventful. The morning isn't heralded by anything more than the gradual lightening of the clouds, uh, until you can start to make out the sheets of rain lashing the windows, and the dark strip of trees looming from the end of the green. Uh, You drift into wakefulness, and you lie there for a few minutes, staring at the ceiling of your canopy beds, occasionally hearing a creaking or a shuffling in the halls below. The air is damp and cold, damper than yesterday even, and it's getting into your bones. Eventually, after maybe five or six hours of sleep, Nurse Ackland bustles into each of your rooms in turn. She says that outdoor activities have been suspended by the storm today, and that patients will be playing cards in the recreation room until the storm subsides. Is there a breakfast situation? Or? There is. A, a meagre breakfast has been provided in the hall below. Uh, it's mainly warmed over dinner rolls from the night before uh, with some with some slightly suspect butter and jam. I eat breakfast. I go for that. I'm yeah, okay. I eat some yeah. breakfast. Yeah. Okay, so as you're eating breakfast, you kind of get a sense for, for how the rest of the day is going to pan out. Uh, you can see that a lot of the patients are quite unhappy with being cooped up indoors. Uh, a few of them are playing cards at the other end of the breakfast table from you, or of the table which is now a breakfast table. Uh, and basically everyone is just slightly, slightly more irritable than usual and feeling a bit confined. Uh, conversation goes back and forth, people swapping s- stories which you imagine they've swapped many times before, uh, and morning drifts over into afternoon. At about this point, uh, Nurse Boskin approaches you, Dorothy, mm. and says, 
dear, we're going to have to have you help out here. <laughs> you don't mind that, do you? Of course not, Nurse Boskins. I live some... to be useful. <laughs> We've just got some minor injuries to deal with. A couple of the patients need their bandages changed. Do you think you can do that, dear? Of course, Nurse Boskins. Wonderful. Uh, she gives you a cheeky wave again and turns from you uh, and indicates a couple of the patients like who... Like, from across the room, you can see I just look up and like... <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Why'd you do this weird cheeky wave? <laughs> I just go back to staring angrily at my, at my knees. <laughs> um, okay, so you've been told to change bandages of yeah. two patients who are still in the ward. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them are kind of wandering around the Great Hall area. No one seems to be really wandering up to the second floor, although a couple have to just look at the, the murder scene, mm. as, as people are calling it, but it quickly bustled back down by one of the nurses. Uh, so <coughs> most people are just milling around the, the Great Hall and the, the kitchen area. Uh, so you're brought into the ward, though, and still sleeping there are two, uh, two soldiers. They introduce themselves as Joe Wakerly and William Corner. So Joe Wakerly is an enormous, heavyset, muscular man. He's got quite a few tattoos over him, uh, quite a scarred face and a shock of short black hair. Uh, he's got a big, booming laugh, and he seems to be trying to flirt with all of the nurses. And as soon as you come in, he tries to he swipes at your rump as you pass to try to to, to pat it, but he's not quite within range. Uh, <laughs> he laughs at that too, as if it was a, an incredible jape, his missed his missed attempt at, at smacking you. Uh, William Corner, on the other hand, is uh, a very young man, maybe only a couple of years past 18. Uh, and he's got this baby face, this cherubic face with these golden ringlets and bright blue eyes, a big smile on his face. Uh, he seems very friendly. He doesn't really talk much, but he, he says hi. He seems a bit shy almost. Uh, so his are the bandages that you've been asked to change. Okay. What are the nature of his injuries? So uh, pulling back the covers where his bandages, where you've been told his bandages are, you can uh, see that they are bed sores, pretty bad bed sores, actually. Uh, they've, they've oozed through the gauze um, and they're, they're pretty gross and they smell awful. Uh, in fact, it's a bit of a shock because he looks like such a friendly, clean cut, nice guy. But you pull back the sheets and across his, uh, his thighs and his rump, there are these pustulant sores. Um, that smell awful. Okay, I ask him why, why has he found himself here in the first place? Uh, well, he says, you know, just war injuries. They say I've got the shell shock. Okay. I think this is odd because he does not appear to have shell shock to me. No. You can make a medicine check. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make a medicine check. Mm -hmm. 16. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, you think that it is very odd in your professional opinion that bedsore, firstly, that bedsore is as serious as this even cropped up with a nurse to patient ratio as high as it is. Uh, he should be being turned quite regularly. And secondly, that the bandages are being changed at this late stage. They should never have gotten to the stage where they're oozing liquid through the gauze itself. It's pretty bad. Um, he should be on, on more... Uh, kind of vigorous treatment than just changing bandages if his bed sores are pustulant to this level. Mm. You do also notice, though, uh, as 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 Joe Wakerly is chatting into your ear on the other end, you notice that his, um, William Corner's mouth is is bleeding a little bit from the edges. I ask him about that injury, about how he got that. 
Uh, he doesn't, he kind of just looks up at you with this friendly glaze on his face and he says, what, sorry? And you notice that there's a, an even longer trickle of blood now coming out of the corner of his mouth. Okay. Um, I think I should probably try to treat that. Okay. I like clean it. Um, okay. Uh, so you've got a little kind of medical cloth. Yeah. And as soon as you go for his the corner of his mouth and as soon as your hand touches it, you hear an almighty yell and Joe Akerley has burst out of his cot. He sent it, he sent the whole bunk bed careening over on its side and he's now standing in front of you. You can see his eyes are wild and completely hardened to anything else. Uh, he's He doesn't seem cogent at all and he's rushing towards you. Okay. I'm going to back away. Okay. <laughs> that seems like the prudent thing to do. Uh, roll for initiative. Eight. Twenty. Okay. So uh, the others are not aware of this yet because he hasn't made a sound. Actually, he's just burst out of the mm. bed. You can you've heard the cot um, <laughs> tipping over, but beyond that, he hasn't made a sound. Uh, he lunges at you and takes a swing at you with his fists. Am I- no, no, no. no. Okay, uh, his first swing is a bit too wild and it almost sends him off balance and he falls a little bit to one side and has to steady himself on, on one of the other cots. And then he whips around savagely and looks at you again. His teeth are bared um, and you can see that he's missing a few of them as well. Um, I think I'm going to call for help. Okay, so now the rest of you are in the Great Hall. You can hear this. Uh, now you can roll for initiative. 18. 19. Uh, Joy, what would you like to do? You've heard the cop tipping over and you thought that was strange, but now you've heard her calling for help. Um, So in that case, I run into the room um, and see what's happening. And um, what can I do? So looking around, you can see that... Yeah, I'm like looking for something to throw at him or... There's a small, you can see there's a small tray of medical implements that's on a, on a cabinet front. Uh, you can see that there's a couple of scalpels there. There's a lot of rolls of gauze. There's some rubber tubing, some surgical tubing. Uh, you can see a couple of crutches there, quite a few crutches as well that you could Is there any like possibly... water that she could just like douse them with some water? Yep, there's, down, there's plenty of water actually, yeah. I grab a crutch mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and jump in between um, Dorothy and... Okay, great. And what, are you trying to do something or just stand between? Um, I'm more just protecting her, I think. But then mm-hmm. as if he runs again, I will mm-hmm. hit him with it. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Okay, great. So you grab a crutch and you've now run between them. Uh, Joe doesn't even seem to uh, notice that you're there. He does in the sense that he moves around your space, but his eyes are trained uh, specifically on Dorothy. Uh, Cornelia. Uh, so I go into him as well. Mm-hmm. I want to take off my shoe <laughs> in one swift motion and smack him. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Three. <laughs> and the shoe comes off. Yeah, no, the shoe comes off. Uh, the shoe comes off and you swing at him for it. Uh, unfortunately, it just impacts on his on his enormous muscular shoulder. And you can see it leave there behind There you go, it. you beast! How about you? <laughs> Uh, it, it, I'm convinced it, this is working. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even seem to make him flinch. Uh, Sebastian? Uh, I come running in, I suppose. 
Uh, and so what what can I see when I when I enter? <laughs> I want to assess this situation calmly and methodically. So now you see uh, one of the cots has been tipped over with the bunk beds. Uh, you can see Dorothy, who's looking horrified uh, on one end. On the other end, you can see Joe Wakerly, this enormous man, tattooed, short black hair. Uh, and he's got fire in his eyes. Between them, you can see Joy, his small figure, with a with an oversized crutch, kind of uh, trying to shield Dorothy from from this enormous man. Uh, and then next to the next to Joe, you can see Cornelia just furiously stamping <laughs> her shoe on his shoulder ineffectually. Why are you attacking this man? What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Okay, uh, you, you... I try to um, sort of take Joe by the arm and sort of <laughs> talk to Are you all right? Okay. So you take Joe by the arm. Uh, as soon as you grab his arm, he swings around at you with an enormous haymaker. Uh, you, you, you manage to take a step back, but it still clips your nose uh, oh. and sends you careening oh. back with pain. Uh, you take two points of damage. That's fair. And Dorothy. Oh, where is the staff right now? There's none of the they. They have heard it, but they're not quite. Active they're not yet. there yet. Um, I think I'm just trying to put as much distance along with, like, between Joy and I and Mr. Wakerly. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a bad idea to confront him, and maybe I'm making like shushing sounds while I'm backing. Calming, exactly. Cooling yeah. sounds, yeah. <laughs> okay, make a persuasion check. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, although your your persuasion is very effective, uh, it doesn't seem to be having any effect on, mm-hmm. on, on this particular individual. Uh, you notice now a couple of the other nurses have hurried in. They have no idea what's happening. They're staring at this scene, um, especially at, at Cornelia, who seems to be like furiously <laughs> wrapping, wrapping the man with her shoe. Um, Nurse Ackland rushes over to the cabinet and pulls out an enormous, almost cartoon-like syringe uh, and steps towards Joe. Um, Tom has now come in and you can see that he's put his hand into his coat pocket. Uh, Joy. Um, I think I'm just going to back out of the room and sort of put the crutch down now that I see that someone's coming to help this man. I assume that he's shell-shocked, I suppose, as everybody keeps saying, mm-hmm. or he's wild like the beast that we found up as it's all very strange. So I think, yeah, I back down. Okay. Cornelia? Don't worry, it's working. I'm subduing him. <laughs> I'll swing some more. <laughs> yeah. One. Oh, no. <laughs> it's working. It's working. Uh, okay, so you accidentally smack Sebastian in your fervor. You just feel like you need to hit harder. Why? Yeah. Go for... <laughs> um. Four. So your swings become wilder and wilder, and Sebastian... Do you I get... take four damage? <laughs> How many hit points so do you have? I'm on, on one, I'm on one wow. hit point. You take an incredibly solid crack right across the chin. Uh, you... <laughs> I just look at Cornelia, dead in the eyes. Why are you in my way? <laughs> right. And I just sit down and then just... Go to sleep. 
Um, okay. So that's Sebastian. Uh, Joe <laughs> now has turned towards Nurse Ackland with a look of panic in his eyes. He starts backing up away, uh, tips over another cot in his, in his strain to get away from the woman with the syringe. Wow, she steps forward and um, deftly plunges the knitting needle thick syringe uh, right into the man's heart, fearlessly stepping in between his huge arms uh, and the man drops like a sack of wet potatoes. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) The danger is over, but it is not a triumphant victory. Heavy silence descends on the ward and our heroes take stock of the scene. Nurse Ackland stands over the crumpled form of Joe Wakerly. After placing the syringe back in the medicine cabinet, she motions dismissively to the other nurses, who silently drag Joe's body away. Ackland follows, but before she leaves the room, she turns and smiles reassuringly at our heroes. Don't worry, we'll let him sleep it off. Just a bit of the old shell shock flaring up again. You've been listening to The Secret of Drakelow Hall, written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling, with music by Jonathan Day, starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor, Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish, David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg, and Charlie May as Joy Dutton. I am Giorgio Mariani, Games Master. You can follow The Infinite Bad, as well as our other podcast shows, on Twitter at Human Definitely and support the production of this series on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash definitely human. The Infinite Bad is a definitely human production. <laughs>